Welcome to Safer Roads by Protective Insurance. Expertise to help you protect your fleet. Hello, and welcome to Safer Roads, presented by Protective Insurance. On this show, we sit down with experts from Protective to dive into the information they've gathered working as dedicated members of the transportation community over the last 100 years. These thought leaders and industry experts will share their experiences protecting people and supporting safer roads. My name is Rudy Sallow. I'm a lawyer in a large U.S. law firm where I advise on financing infrastructure and transportation systems throughout the U.S., also a Forbes.com transportation contributor, public speaker, law professor, and podcaster. Joining me on the show today are two exciting guests. First from Protective, the Vice President of Safety Services, Harry Stork, and our second guest is the CEO of Job Behaviors, Mark Tenney. Today, Harry and Mark are here to discuss a major topic within the world of transportation, driver shortages, and the power of behavioral analytics for smart hiring. So get ready for Safer Roads, brought to you by Protective Insurance. Welcome, Mark, and welcome back, Harry. Now, to start off, I know we've spoken to you before, Harry, but can you both tell me a little bit about your respective roles and background when it comes to creating Safer Roads? And Mark, since you're new, why don't we start with you? Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Rudy. So I'm the president of Job Behaviors, and we specialize in providing very laser-focused job-specific assessments that help our clients consistently hire safe, productive drivers and other positions, but drivers is a big part of our offering. Terrific, Mark. Thanks. And Harry, just to remind our audience how important you are for protective insurance. Yeah. So as vice president of safety services, I lead our loss prevention organization, and that includes a team of geographically dispersed safety experts focused on safety and compliance for our policyholders in both the heavy-duty trucking auto, commercial auto space of insurance, as well as workers' compensation. Terrific. Thank you, Harry. So today, we're discussing a very serious and important topic when looking to keep all of our roads safe. We're going to talk a bit about driver shortages and the steps to hiring the actual best employees out there to keep our roads safer. Now, Harry, if you don't mind, can you give a little background on the current situation in the trucking industry with regards to the driver shortages we keep hearing about over and over again? Yeah, it's a very serious issue. Some estimates say onwards of 85,000 drivers are needed in the CDL commercial driver arena. That is a trend that continues to be stable. It's not getting any better. A lot of that could be contributed by the pandemic where drivers have found other jobs and they don't want to go back to their over-the-road type of a role. Another big contributor to that, Rudy, is the aging workforce. Estimates say that an average truck driver is in their mid-50s, so there isn't a strong pool of new drivers coming into the driver pool to address natural attrition or just preferences of the work related to driving a commercial vehicle. And if you don't mind, Harry, just a really quick question about, since you've talked about the drivers being in their mid-50s, uh, just really quick, how taxing, physically taxing on the body is being a commercial truck driver driving across the country and, and why the fact that they're in their mid-50s, why is that an important fact? Yeah, I think it would depend on the type of asset that they're driving. So some drivers are behind the seat and they're a driver only. Some might argue that's not physically taxing, but just sitting in a 
stationary position for long periods of time and not doing any wellness of stretching proper diet. This workforce can fall into bad habits of eating at the fast food world and, and other things. So there's been a big focus recently on driver wellness, but when you combine age with possibly uh, obesity at certain levels, it's a bad combination. There's a high level of sleep apnea, diabetes, things of that nature. Got it. That's very helpful, Harry. Thank you for that background. And are there areas of the country that are experiencing more shortages than others? There could be. I couldn't really speak to a given area personally, but it's just an overarching issue across the entire United States, especially for companies that have terminals that are spread out all over some of the larger companies. They're not just a regional workforce. So I don't have specifics on that, but 85,000 short, any way you look at it, it's a huge issue. Yeah. And 85,000 short. So like, what are some real world impacts for everyday people like me when the industry experiences a shortage of drivers? Well, I would say that you could look at that from two standpoints. Number one would be the supply chain delays. If there aren't qualified drivers to move freight, that has a domino effect throughout the supply chain. The second contributing factor from a safety standpoint is the temptation of trucking companies to make quick hiring decisions without fully vetting a candidate appropriately beyond just driving skills, but more of their psychological makeup. And if you have drivers that are not totally focused and have the right attitude, the safety concern can mount quickly. And that's the value that Mark brings to the equation with job behaviors, helping to do that proper assessment. A couple of specifics as to what does that mean for the safety of everyone on the roads with respect to the driver shortages, just trying to connect everything. Well, if you make a bad hiring decision to what on paper looks like possibly an average candidate, if that average candidate turns out to be less than average over time, we're talking about vehicles that weigh in excess of 20 tons when they're rolling down the highway at highway speed. Any kind of a mishap or a collision has dire consequences in both property and unfortunately a human life as well or severe injury. So having quality people driving is a direct correlation with safety. These are really scary statistics. So Mark, please, can you tell us a little bit more about job behaviors? And what we'd really love to hear about is what the company does and its connection to the protective marketplace that we talked about on a prior episode. So- as I mentioned before, our mode of operation is to conduct a very in-depth job analysis for each assessment. These are not personality-driven tools. These are behaviorally-driven tools. And we, when we do a job analysis, we'll end up with close to 500 behaviors for just about every assessment we've ever done. We then go through a very intensive rating process with those top performers. And basically, that allows us to rank order those 500 behaviors from those that have the highest impact on performance and safety all the way down to the lowest. And that becomes the bedrock of the assessment. And essentially, what we're doing is enabling our clients to remove some of the subjectivity and, and randomness that tends to happen in interviews, not just in trucking, but really that's something that's not unique to transportation, but certainly is something that happens in transportation. So if we can remove as much of the guesswork, I guess you could say, and administer a tool up front that is where every word in the assessment comes out of a job analysis and identify those individuals who are bringing those core behaviors that align with successful, long-term, safe, productive drivers. 
you know, if we were to look at this job as a pie graph, we're going to say about 80% of the pie is behavioral and about 20% technical as it relates to long-term retention in the industry, safety, customer service, fuel mileage. In many ways, profitability and safety start at the point of hire. And so there are individuals out there who are in the industry who are not necessarily bringing those core behaviors to the table. And so we want to remove as much of the subjectivity as we can. And to do that, there's a link to an assessment that we provide to our clients that can be embedded into their recruiting website, their website. It can be emailed to a candidate. The candidate clicks on that link. It takes about 10 minutes to complete. The results come back instantly. The rating that we offer, and again, this is not a personality-driven tool. The strength of the tool is the content of the assessment itself, and then the close to 500,000 drivers we have in our database. And we report back in a very straightforward one through five star rating. One and two stars represent the bottom 50th percentile of the candidate pool. Three, fours, and fives represent the top 50th percentile. Our recommendation is to assess as close to the front of the process as possible and focus time and energy on the three, fours, and fives. In essence, the top percentile, the top 50th percentile of the candidate pool. We're not saying to throw judgment out the window, but we want to front load that process with individuals that recruiters can be very confident in pursuing. Now, the interesting thing about this approach, especially as it relates to driver shortage, is that inexperienced drivers uh, are not necessarily the worst candidates. In other words, there are drivers that are coming out of driver school. We have a client, for example, Paper Transport, who's been using us since 2018, was very successful with their tenured drivers that they were hiring, and they decided to start doing two things, one, assessing and paying for training, and assessing as candidates are coming out of training. And so what we were able to do is help them really identify those individuals who were not only technically confident coming out of school, but were also bringing those other behaviors to the table. And they've seen a dramatic reduction in turnover. Their safety expenditure as a percent of revenue is the lowest in company history. It's a 25-year-old company. And they're a dedicated carrier, so they have to provide great customer service to their clients, and they're getting very, very positive reports back. And one last thing I'll note there is, and we weren't even sure this would happen, but they've done some analysis and the driver scorecards of their new drivers to the industry that they're hiring are actually exceeding their tenured drivers, which was not something that they had anticipated. So what does this mean for carriers in a driver shortage situation? It can actually open up the candidate pool and frankly can help where there are those strict guidelines about experience can help a carrier to sort of at least have a discussion with their insurance provider about we're in this situation, but now we can go into a non-traditional candidate pool or a pool where maybe there's not quite the experience that we would normally have, but we can confirm that this is somebody that is worth investing in and worth insuring. That's just kind of a quick overview. Okay. That's extremely helpful because I think that ties very well into what I'm going to ask Harry. Just really quick, just for my edification, that experience level requirement that is something that the insurance companies are requiring rather than government regulation, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to make that clear. Well, it's both. So we have our minimum standards that we share with our potential insureds and their insurance brokers that bring the insurance broker. Technically, uh, Rudy is bringing the opportunity to the insurance carrier it's a third-party broker that is representing their client looking for insurance coverage. So we have a certain risk appetite 
that would include things such as driver age and experience. It also gets into different industry types that we like to insure and others not so much. There are certain federal regulations about driver age, and there uh, were some pilots underway about looking at drivers at younger ages that possibly could just drive intrastate first and kind of build up some experience. But as I think I've shared on other podcasts, commercial auto and trucking is a very challenging business to be profitable as an insurance carrier. Most companies that are in this space are not profitable. And so it's not uncommon that over and above a federal regulation, an insurance carrier may have their own minimum standards that are part of the application process to consider a quote. So what my team has asked for over the years is there are certain things that my team is very expert in doing based on their background, their experience, their knowledge of the trucking industry. But before we got the protective marketplace started, there was a common request for we need more resources from third parties that do very good work in this space of trucking safety that we just don't offer ourselves. And so companies like Job Behaviors and others that are on our marketplace really serve an important role to kind of fill that value with tools that are recognized as being industry best practices, but they're not traditionally offered directly by an insurance carrier. So we use the marketplace as a nice warm handoff to get our clients introduced to these best-in-class solutions to help them improve their risk profile. That's a great explanation, Harry. So by increasing their risk profile, that makes them better eligible for insurance from carriers like protective insurance. Is that a correct statement? Yes. So every insurance company kind of has their own risk tolerance, I guess you could say. We've been in this business for 95 years insuring heavy-duty trucking, and we know what a good risk is. We can identify a risk that we don't like. I'll put it to you that way. That makes a lot of sense. And so how do protective customers, so your actual customers, benefit from using the job behaviors, predictive hiring? Yeah, it's just another tool in their arsenal to ensure and to document that they are doing everything possible to be a safety-focused company and safety has the same seat at the table as operations or as the revenue stewards of the company. One crash in a truck can wipe out all of the good behaviors or mediocre behaviors that maybe you were just lucky in the past. And using tools like Mark's job behaviors platform just gives that safety organization or HR team a more full understanding of that investment. As Mark said, when you're hiring someone, you need them to do a tactical role in the business, but it is a long-term investment and it's very expensive to get that wrong and have to start over and over and over. Absolutely. And from the insurance, either from the insurance side or Mark, you can answer this from your side as the actual service. What results have you seen from customers that actually use job behaviors? Well, I shared with Harry before the call, one of a protective client who started from scratch using the assessment to ramp up his entire operation at 18 months, he had one preventable accident and no on-the-job accidents. His clients reporting very high customer service, 
the training folks were ecstatic about the quality of folks that he's bringing in. So again, there's a lot going on at the point of hire. There are silos within these organizations that sometimes have the utmost respect for recruiters and the tough job that they have. In some cases, you know, they're doing exactly what they've been incentivized to do, which is to fill trucks. Our role is to help make sure that they're looking at both quantity as well as quality. And if you're focusing on quality up front, as time goes on, you become less frantic, I guess is the best word to say. And you can actually become more selective over time as you consistently start to bring in a high caliber candidate. And one of the other things that a protective client had shared with us was that he actually had drivers from other companies that were coming to check them out because of their reputation of good drivers. So good drivers tend to attract other good drivers. And there's just a number of dynamics that take place right at that point of hire. Typically, an interview is fairly lengthy and not terribly predictive. So by having an objective tool up front that takes about 10 minutes to complete, you can really think of it as the candidate earning the right to take up your time as an organization. And then again, you want your recruiters talking with folks who have identified themselves as being aligned with the safety behaviors of successful drivers, the customer service approach of successful drivers. And there's quite frankly, not much more that you could do that would have a greater impact on profitability than just one step level of being just a bit more selective at the outset can pay huge dividends down the road. Yeah. And Rudy, just one thing to add is that not only is there a shortage of drivers for open positions, but just as challenging is the high level of driver turnover. So to Mark's point of having an attractive workplace, getting that word out that this safety culture and the environment that I work in is very positive to retain good drivers, you got to get them in the door to start with. But secondly, you have to keep them in the door. And the turnover is a huge challenge for trucking. It's very, very expensive. And so Mark said it very well. If you make that investment up front with a very easy and seamless tool to use, the rewards can be very, very measurable. When I talk to our clients, especially ones that we're, we're bringing on board, sort of ask them to not participate. In other words, by being more selective up front, let's say you have 100 drivers or you have 1,000 drivers. There are millions of drivers out there. You need 1,000 of the best. You need 5,000 of the best. You stand back, you assess, you can do a survey of pay. A lot of times carriers will increase pay thinking that's going to get them better quality of drivers. Bad drivers want more pay as well. So all that's going to do is get people coming to check you out. And I'm all for paying drivers what they're worth. So what you do is do a survey, even slight pay above your competitors will have people coming, checking you out. You stand back, you assess, and you bring in those that are worth that increase in pay or benefits or whatever you're offering. And to sidestep the driver shortage, put together a a culture of excellence by uh, identifying and hiring high potential, high performance drivers from the outset, which is going to give you the economic wherewithal to offer that, not just because you're a nice person, but because you want to be able to provide top drivers the best economic compensation that you possibly can. And that's a virtuous cycle as opposed to being mired down with random hiring, which keeps you in in high turnover. Uh, Paper transport, for example, is reporting a 50% reduction in turnover. And as I mentioned, their best safety record in the history of the company. These things are possible. 
but it does require doing things just a little bit different, not terribly difficult, but just a little bit differently than we've been doing. And sometimes trucking is an example. There are other industries where you sort of get stuck doing the same thing, hoping to get different results. But there is a way out of this issue, and it's not terribly complicated. In closing, I mean, you guys have done a terrific job explaining job behaviors. Mark, I, I almost want to ask like, hey, can you apply this to like any other job that's out there? Because I'm sure a, a, lot of, a lot of jobs out there would love a tool like this, but we're focused on safer roads here. So in closing, is there anything either or both of you would like to add for our audience to know well, how tools like behavior analytics for smart hiring can cultivate safer roads for the future and beyond. Anything further that you feel like we need to add on to what a terrific tool this is? I would only add that there are a lot of non-traditional candidate pools that might not be getting the full attention that they could. We're talking about women drivers, younger drivers. You can come up with a, a number of scenarios. By having a tool like this, which is laser-focused, consistent, extremely predictive, focused on what it takes to do the job well, you can go into non-traditional candidate pools with a high degree of confidence that you're hiring safe drivers. Again, safety programs and training, et cetera, it's very difficult to transform someone who's not bringing safety as a core value internally and transform them through training. With training, we look at, you know, hire for behavior, train for skills. So hire those folks that are bringing those, those behaviors to the table and through safety training then becomes sort of a, a augment or supporting what's already there as opposed to looking at it as a transformative experience. And so, again, I would just say effective behavioral assessment can really, at the point of hire, address not only safety, but also fuel mileage. One of our clients is reporting that they're, since they've started using the program, their fuel mileage now is in the top 10% in the country. And that's just simply because professional drivers are not one-dimensional. In fact, even in the job analysis, the drivers say they know that they are representing not only the, their company, but the industry. That's the way that they, they think of themselves as professionals and that and they take great pride in what they do. So those folks are out there. And in a driver shortage situation, we would say start pursuing some non-traditional candidate pools, go out there and let younger people know what the opportunities are in the trucking industry, and then give them the information that they need to make a, a, an informed decision about going into training or entering the industry. So I'll, I'll just, I would just leave with that. That's very helpful. Harry, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I think the only thing that I would add, because Mark really wrapped it up very well, is that as an insurance carrier, we do have minimum standards that our prospective clients are informed of through their broker partner. And really the role of my team is to provide access to resources to help a company perform as safely as possible. That includes tools like job behaviors. We're not their HR department, we're not their safety department, but we are relied on, and it's a big differentiator, it's a big part of our value proposition that our team is armed with a really strong arsenal of resources like job behaviors there are many issues out there. Getting good drivers is a huge one, and we're counted on to provide that info, and we don't mandate anybody do this or that. We're just there to help them and open their eyes to opportunities that they may not be aware of otherwise. That's great, Harry. Thank you very much. That was really informative. This is a really fascinating tool, and I can't wait to hear more about how it can help with the significant problem our country is facing with these driver shortages. So thank you both very much. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us again, Rudy. Good talking to you again. Thanks, Mark. 
That is all the time we have today. I want to say a big thank you to Harry Stork and Mark Tinney for being on the show today to give us a little bit of insight into behavioral analytics for smart hiring. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Remember to keep an ear out for the next episode of Safer Roads 2. I'm Rudy Sallow, and this has been Safer Roads by Protective Insurance.